Hello, it's Wednesday. Whoa. Welcome. Yay, we did it. We were talking about Chris's finances off stream, so we're going to talk about money. Your finances fascinate me because I've never seen someone work so many jobs, like work so hard, but it's always yeah. like, what do you, I got like 80 bucks in this bag. Like, it's just yeah. like, I'm like, I don't know where it goes. And then like, sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, he's got a bunch of jazz records and like a Japanese baseball jersey. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I like having these kind of friends. Oh, <laughs> so I just, I just fucking got, I just got a message from um, our friend Sasha and uh, like literally while you were talking about finances and I was like, oh, this will be perfect. Cause it said, um, um, Hey, I'm working for a production company and they're looking for some talent. And I was like, dope dope and they said they're looking for a south asian comedian and i was like yep there it is this is so so close to opportunities um yeah, yeah. well my yeah i get like i get a lot of things that very nearly work out um and are very nearly like if i'd been getting 40 hours a week at the job that i started at i'd be making really good money and i would be fine financially but it turns out they're dead and they don't need me 40 hours a week they need me 20 to 25 so I got a second job and the second job has decided that I will only do training shifts for the rest of my life. And, uh, and so I'm not making tips at any of those. And so it's all, um, so I'm just, every time something almost works, something kicks me in the dick and then it's, uh, you know, it's $1,500 in rent every month coming out. So got to keep, got to keep moving. So yes, I'm broke until I'm not right now. Tax return will be nice. It'll take a bit of the edge off, but, uh, yeah, once I start making tips, I should be fine, but we'll see. Oh, it's a real still just a nightmare. Oh my god. Yeah. I just yeah. No, I live, I live, I live money adjacent. Oh. Mm. I'm barely holding on. But it's one of those things where it's like I went from just being so poor and now I'm barely holding on. And it's that weird thing of like shitting your pants to no shit to no shit is still an improvement. You know what I mean? There you go. There you go. I mean, like I've got, I've got a nice apartment. It's my life's pretty good. I just, uh, I gotta, I gotta lay low. I can't fix anything. I can't buy anything new. I can't be going out, but, uh, you know, as long as I lay low and, uh, and this, this eternal training shift never ends or uh, one day ends, then I'll, I'll be fine. But it's that like, it's that in between of just like, fuck, I just want, I just want enough money to do some of the things I need to do. I know it's a real nightmare. It's also that thing. Yeah. That the problem is, is like stand up. Like I heard, like nothing fancy is now closed. Is no longer a stand up club. All of a sudden, is that correct? Is that the is the rumor? Oh shit! True? Really? I I hadn't heard that. The new didn't they open one in Kensington Market? Uh, isn't that the only one? Yeah. So the well, they they had one on uh, Dundas, I think, and then they moved to Kensington Market last year, and then it was like downstairs. I heard the shows were doing really well. I hadn't heard that it closed, but I haven't I haven't been doing that many shows, and the ones I have been doing a bit new material which has been so fun to just go up and be like, I don't give a fuck how this goes. That's very funny. And, uh, That's how I do all shows in Toronto. I have, I remember being booked a headline at the Toronto Yuck Yucks. Yeah. And I have taken not even pages, notebooks up on that stage. Oh, how oh, yeah. unprofessional, but I can just, there's something about Toronto, like Toronto, Ottawa, mm. Toronto and Ottawa. I know enough local shit. I can just fucking, Local joke, my way out of something that bombs. That's my. Well, you also have a reputation with all the bookers that I don't have. So. Oh my God! Leave at the there. I have left a couple of scenes at the exact right time to really make people remember these, like the like the like period of time when I was booked, which was so much smaller when you actually look at it than the period of time I was not booked in the scene. It's my favorite thing of like London. That's I was like, oh, you were always in the clubs, and I was like. For these preceding six months before I moved, that is true. Before that, I was like Kid Greyhound going up and down this fucking country doing open spots. Oh my yeah. lord! But you make an impression, you know. You talk like I'll, I. One of the one of the one of the comments that I remember most <laughs> from our agent was so funny because I was like, I mean, looking back now, I realized that my whole time in the UK, I was just like deeply depressed and like fucked, and and Me so too. it was it's like whole periods where I was like. But like, but we, we wear it different because like I, you can still be like social and sort of like big and talk to people. And when I'm that way, I'm just like, I can talk to the people I know. And if we don't have anything in common, like I had this problem in Liverpool where like, I really like all the guys at hot water, but like I have nothing in common with them. And so there's like no vibe. And so (laughs) I remember, I I remember talking to my agent, uh, our agent, uh, it was, it was Brett and Alex at the time. And, um, 
And I asked him, I was like, what is my reputation? Like, what, what do people think of me out there? Just because, like, no one tells you. Everyone will tell you gossip. Everyone will tell you what they think of everyone but you. And That's so I was like, true. just like, just so I know, like, what do, what do people say about me? And they were like, everyone respects you. And then there was this, like, long silence. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they changed the subject. And I was like, that's so funny. That's so fucking funny. And I wanted to ask, I was like, finish? Finish the sentence? But I didn't. I bottled it. So I'll, I'll never know what they were going to say. But, um, but yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't have the... I mean, I remember talking to Paul about this, uh, Burn, when we were living together. And he was like, John has a reputation of being, like, one of like the good guys, like the nice fun guys on the scene. He's like, why don't you have that reputation? And I said, cause I'm never around. Neither was I, by the way, neither you, was I. You were always around. You weren't drinking. You told me yourself that you'd, you'd, you'd perfected the only drinking water and bars. So you were hanging out, this but you weren't, but the main there, but I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I wasn't around. Was the, the trick was Edinburgh is because yeah. I was always running around to doing gigs. I would kill time in the artist bars. So there was this mm. memory of, I was party adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that, that was my great accidental move. That was just, I just like smoking. That was what that was. They get, they don't talk about the upside of cigarettes. Cigarettes a hundred percent helped me in my career. Like yeah. you, so many people know me for that. Like, yeah, most big agents, I is like I could I'm thinking of three right now, all of whom I remember like walking up and then wordlessly like there you are, like understood. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Real it's, I, I smoking is smoking is perfect for me as well because in social situations I'd rather stick and move, and so smoking is great. You get through it's a five minute bang bang. Good to talk to you. I'm heading back in. That's like I should have started smoking years ago. It's so much better for me. I like, um, I'm liking the weed. Here's what I like about weed is I get the, my sweet, sweet return to being able to pop outside for five minutes, which who doesn't like that? Mm -hmm. But then when I go in to prove myself that it's fine and I can, I can handle my weed, you have to be normal and just have conversations. <laughs> yeah. They veer a little bit, let by all, but yeah. they still take place. And that's, I still, it's encouraging socialization. So that's something. Oh, that's good. I was actually, I was thinking about, because because of my finances, you know, I'm thinking about, and also like the albums, the albums in full swing now, I'm getting like emails about social media strategies and what I have to fix about my accounts before we put everything out. And um, uh, two thoughts on that. One, uh, nothing makes you feel like you haven't accomplished anything, like um, getting a feedback on your social media. Oh my God. Yeah, but that's because we're, <laughs> you have to understand, it's like, it's like vaudeville versus television like no one forget like everyone everything like radio yeah radio killed vaudeville but it was still happening in weird corners when mm. things start you understand and like we were very much there was a time where people went into stand-up comedy to hide from the police that's how much you mm -hmm. did not need to be good at any of this yeah it was awesome professional wrestling yeah us professional wrestling yeah. chefs sex workers yeah, yeah. and I'm going to say this football players and basketball players. Although those two require some skill and a ball. The other ones yeah. literally just time. To show up. Yep. Just time. How'd yeah. you get good at this? I came here for a bit. Something mm -hmm. took too long. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like it was, uh, they asked me to like claim my knowledge panel on Google. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And so I went in and um, apparently when you've released some things, so it's like when, when you Google someone and like their name comes up and links to different things and pictures of them comes up before any of the websites come up. Right. Oh, and, um, and I was looking at videos on like how to set it up and they were like, yeah, just claim it. It should just be popping up. If you have like things out there and you have songs released and videos. And I was like, I don't, I don't have a knowledge. I don't have a knowledge panel. I guess I don't exist in the eyes of Google. Fuck. It's also because the UK is one of the, is one of the few scenes that's not online. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have more Instagram followers than a shitload of massively famous people in the UK. Yeah. And it's it's simply a population mass density situation. And because the US has already killed their television industry, and mm -hmm. now social media is the only way to move tickets. And the UK is about three years away from that. Yeah. But the so the other thought that it gave me was um I was just thinking about like other things that I can make. And I was thinking I'd love to do, I'd love to do like a niche podcast. Cause that's where it's at now. Right. Pick a very specific thing and gain a fan base out of that. And, um, 
But like one of the few things that I'd love to talk about is comedy specials. But A, you don't want to be the dick comic who's just rating comedy specials. And B, I hate almost every comedy special that comes out. I, and that's... <laughs> I have been doing something that has been so fun. I think I've talked about this on every fucking... I think I talked about this with Ashley, but I'm going to talk about it again with you, which is Zoe Kumsmar talked about um, a way she gets inspiration. And she's like, I try and find the worst stand-up comedy I can find on the internet. Like the worst, like Rodney Rude, like just she's like reprehensible and then be like, you have to make that good. You have to do that in like that way. If it's a that explains that character that she did. It's such a funny <laughs> way of looking at that character. And then I just started watching old ass live at the Apollos. Yeah. First of all, weirdly, un uncorrectable. They are for what it, it is, pablum for the fucking masses. But it yeah. is, it is good. What deliciously <laughs> delicious cheeseburgers they were serving for the first thirteen seasons of that show. Holy shit. Notice something else, you observational fucks. Everyone is in such a suit. Oh, my word. So much noticing of things. So many, this is the couple of things I didn't even realize. There was a whole wave of fritzel jokes that we missed, Chris. That good gravy. Oh, you're talking... Oh, light. Sorry, for Live at the Apollo, I pictured the Harlem Apollo for some reason. Everyone, um, everyone yeah, no, I was like, what the fuck? I'm back now. America and England's ability to not acknowledge the rest of the world that mm -hmm. England did that. Oh, remarkable. It's one of the one of the craziest things to me is how many British comedians have never heard of any American comedians Very outside of like George Carlin. It'll be like, yeah, I know Seinfeld. You'll put anyone, any anyone else. Tom Segura even selling out stadiums all over the world. No, nothing. There's British comedians that think Britain invented stand-up comedy. There's, I guarantee there's English comedians that think England invented stand-up comedy. And guess oh, what I've had conversations with those people. You can put my my penis shaft and both of my testicles in your mouth at the same time and go like this. <sighs> if you I thought you were going to say into their penis shaft. Just yaw it open. No. Cram, <sighs> cram it in there. Make them remember. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go with that and then i want you to bang your knee make them do time. make them just like <sighs> like that it just uh, goes like that correct also and, then, good. and then another penis goes inside you gotta say sometimes i really miss ashley on this program let's start the show <laughs> i mean that was a good joke right i was pretty proud of that one no. <laughs> that, that, that one justified the day off i'll be taking after this program all right let's uh let's see let's how do we start the Show that's right. We gotta have brunch first. Let's have brunch. Oh yeah, brunch, 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 brunch. All right, there we go. Um, John, you said something in the private chat about some basketball playoffs are happening right now, and oh, um, you said yeah, something in the yeah. private chat that I still don't understand. Steve, um, if you saw like a fantasy man in like a Gulliver's Travels type, like say we'll say say what you said first, so that Steve everyone Kerr else looks like a man who lives in a clock. Who is Steve Kerr? He is the coach of the Golden State Warriors and, of course, part of the Jordan Bulls, part two, I believe. Was he part one and part two or just part one? Uh, he's in both, I think. Is he in both, both Bulls? Hang on, let me just start the program. Oh, no, the Canadians are coming. Chris, John, and Irish Ashley combine to make the ultimate team better than any wet dream. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. John's the CEO and Boomer. Ashley's the real leader. Chris brings the vibes and juices as our enjoyment increases. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. If uh, you noticed my celebration there, that was because as that was playing, I got notification that uh, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers has won the MVP trophy for the 2022-2023 season, and it is long overdue. Trust the process. Very well deserved. He's incredible, and we love him. I mean, the 76ers, that was the funnest game I've ever so fun. watched. The last five minutes of that game, I watched it with all Celtics fans who then immediately <laughs> had to start an open mic. It was fucking insane that they lost that game. Oh, my God. All right, here is Steve Kerr. 
So that's Steve Kerr. So he, yeah, he played for the uh, one of the one of the trilogies of the Bulls. If you watched uh, during COVID, if you watched the Last Dance at all, he showed up in there. He's the one that Jordan punched. Um, and he is now the coach of the modern Bulls in terms of the team that dominates a decade, which is the Golden State Warriors. And John looked at this man, this dignified basketball genius. And said, uh, oh, you know what he looks like? He looks like he lives in a clock. He does. He, he looks, looks like he lives in a clock. He looks like a dad that lives in a clock. He does look like a dad who lives in a clock. <laughs> what, about this, what about this man does not look uh, natural standing in front of some sort of weird steampunk door that is also the clock face of a clock tower house that he's also using to travel through time? I guess now that I'm looking at him, there is something of a Keebler elf to him. Isn't there? Just... Yeah, I could see him making making cookies in a tree. I, uh, his life is so fucking insane. Like, is his dad wasn't his dad was killed in a terrorist uh, incident? His dad was killed in a terrorist incident. He was a teacher at an international school, and he got murdered by terrorists when Steve Kerr was a young man, a teenage so boy, even. Insane. And then he went on to win a bunch of rings with arguably the best team of all time and then coached the arguably. other arguably best team of all time There's to no a bunch argument. of rings. There is no one better than the Jordan Bulls. Everyone can shut the fuck up. It, the, it, the, I don't like sports, and I watched those series as a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like it was well, I, w- I, would, I would tell you the people who do watch sports argue this all the time. So it's possible that you're wrong as someone who doesn't watch sports. No, but I think that the impact shows the fact that that it penetrated even to me. You know how like you know how good something has to be for you. Not, like you know how good a hamburger has. Yeah, to Yeah, but be that was Jordan. Game? That wasn't the team. That was Jordan. It was also no. It was the team because the whole thing was so fun to watch. The team were yeah. all ridiculous because the yeah. team was literally a Keebler elf, like the most ridiculous, like literally a man who's half in a wedding dress and then half in a suit. That then makes them the most camera friendly team. The most exciting to talk so about team. Want, That's not the best about, team. The That's not the best everyone, team. They ha- always had opposition. Motley Crue wasn't the best or, band. Well, yes, Motley Crue is a great band. Part of it is the not the best band. Yes, they are the, the Motley Crue is the best hair metal band, which is which make they are the best of a group of bands in the band in the genre that Motley Crue created, which is pop yeah. metal. They are the best. And the, the Jordan players. Bulls are the best team of the 90s basketball. I mean, that is, I will probably have to agree with you on that because yeah. I do, I do love the Kobe Shaq rivalry that defined the O's. Oh, so good. And also, because when is practice? When the fuck was that? That was also oh, Allen Iverson. Oh, phenomenal. That was late. That's, yeah. that's 2010, I want to say. No, I think it was before that because Iverson was still good and he made it to the finals in 2001. So it was early 2000s. Oh my god, basketball! Basketball! Anytime you look away and then look back, you're like, "This is fun." Basketball is mm-hmm. always fun. That's and these guys have Steph Curry, who cha- literally changed the game on his own, changed the game, and is now a three point shooting game because of Steph Curry, because he is the best shooter of all time. It's so nuts. It's so weird to watch back because this is the other thing is when you dip in and out of basketball, you because of a lot of sports, it does evolve because it used to be dunk time. It used to be just big men slamming into each other. It was like old school heavyweight boxing before Muhammad Ali started moving. Like, oh my God. Well, I just saw I, it was George I, Foreman versus a mighty oak. I also watched the Nuggets game just because it's on in America. So, oh, yeah. Jokic is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and Djokovic? Who the fuck Jokic. is this? Jokic. Jokic. Holy yeah. fucking shit. And someone's like, can't jump. And it's literally like, is, like, is the best player? Can't jump. It's incredible. Like, Holy shit. What is happening in this game? And he's like farmer strong. He's probably oh. the strongest person in the league, and he looks like a big fat oaf. Like, but do you remember? Like, I remember when like Shaquille. He looks like a character in Asterix and Obelix. But it's such a different game of like you look at what Shaq looked like in the fat years. If we all remember mm. Shaq, which was such a niche time in the NBA. Fat so, Shaq. Fat Shaq. Hey Kobe, how my dick tastes? Oh. <laughs> ass. Tell me how my ass tastes. Because that girl would eat his ass. Yes, I love it. I gotta tell you, and I gotta tell you, I like how Shaquille O'Neal stared into the cameras of the TNT post show and mesmerized the world that he convinced everyone that him and Kobe liked each other. Like when Kobe died, Shaquille O'Neal did such a good job of just like, yeah, I am sorry he's gone. Yeah, mics off, and I didn't do it. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, shut the fuck up. Like, he was, and Charles Barkley, I'm sure, when that camera was off, was like, yeah, I'm fucking sure you were Shaquille. Also, I, I mean, you never, after, after, after the retirement, then you start to, you know, you start to met Bill Bridges. You know, there's a possibility that with nostalgia, it had been, you know, 15 years since they stopped playing together. There's so it's possible. I mean, if he died while they were together, he would have very, had a very hard time. I don't think two players have hated each other more. Oh, my God. And the fact that it's Phil Jackson, it's the, the great sequel to the, like, I can do this without Jordan. And it's like, you, it's the great, it's so Faustian. This is so deep, but it's so ridiculous because Phil Jackson can do it without Jordan. But mm. what he needs to do it without Jordan is so much worse somehow. Like, baby Jordan. And then the, one of the best centers of all time. Oh, my God. Who's is that who Kobe crazy? was? Kobe was baby Jordan. There's an argument over who could have been baby Jordan in that. Because you could say Shaquille O'Neal for a period of time was also in a way baby Jordan. Yeah, but he leader. was a classic center, though. He was like he was more of a he was like a better Patrick Ewing. Oh, my God. No one also talks about Patrick Ewing anymore. Patrick Ewing started one of the great trends in NBA, which is this person is 19 and somehow they look 55. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Looked like a grizzled lieutenant in an action movie. And I look back, he must have been 22. Like, it's Unbelievable. insane. Unbelievable. And by the way, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't like basketball, there is a series that is happening. It's starting today. We're, we're recording this on the 2nd of May because we had to record early. And there's a series that's going to start tonight between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Stephen Kerr, the Keebler elf that we had on screen a second ago, the Golden State Warriors, best team of the last decade, arguably best team of all time, versus LeBron James, arguably the best player of all time on the LA Lakers. And they're both at the end of their careers, and it's like an end of dynasty. It's an end of two dynasties series that normally we would have had in all the finals. They like play, play like three finals against each other or four finals. This is like, this yes. has the possibility to be the subject of if this goes to seven games the subject of endless documentaries no matter what and happens endless. they are never going to not talk about this lebron has another season in him that uh, can we agree on but that? i but i don't think it'll be good for another season i think this is neither of them should be here that's part of it as well it's like lebron, LeBron be, wasn't supposed to make the playoffs okay. and the golden state warriors weren't supposed to make it out of the first round now okay so here's a couple of things that are very much playing I don't know who to root for here. And after I just enjoyed watching the uh, the Celtics and the 76ers so much that I'm like, all right, let's get into basketball a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I've decided this series will be for my fandom. This Golden is it. That's State what they're playing for. Lakers. That's what yeah. we're playing for. The greatest prize of all. Nice. I'm kind of, but I am rooting for more Golden State than I am the Lakers. Here's why. I like the Golden State Warriors logo more. Okay, so you are falling into what I love is that you're having to choose between basically Manchester United and Manchester United. Of, right. <laughs> of That's why I live in good places. No matter who you pick, people are going to be so mad at you. I don't care. I'm a, New England, I'm a New England Patriot. Here's who I picked organically when they were terrible. The New England Patriots. Yeah. Do you, you do not know what it is like. I do know what it's like to be that fan because I went to bed when Tom Brady walked that team back over the Super Bowl line and I remember the text messages I got and they were very mean from you and Ryan was Coe. that the Falcons game <laughs> and then they they changed because I, I remember I woke up for the last 20 minutes and you had written I'm sorry actually this is incredible and like because yeah. I remember I woke up and came and watched it watched it and it was insane the, the, you can't hurt me with like oh you're a bandwagon fan if you were a New England Patriots fan, people literally like they scream, you, you like cheaters. And it's like, first of all, I like winners. Second of all, the thing that they did do that was cheating, you never caught them doing. So they are not cheaters. You caught them doing a thing that all of them do just to fucking say that they did it. So fuck you. Fuck the fucking guy who's in charge whose name I can never remember who's the commissioner. Uh, Mike, not Lindell. That's the Mike, that's the pillow guy. Um, it's something like Lindell. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That guy sucks. He fucking you. <laughs> Tom Brady rules. Tom Brady rules. Brady forever. I fucking love Tom. I also love Tom Brady. Who doesn't love Tom Brady? See, I this is I have the same problem with sports teams as I do with money, where I'm always close. I like I like teams that are bad and then they'll like almost win something, or like I'm a Buccaneers fan. 
Um, and I've been a Buccaneers fan since high school. Uh, oh, you the, and you the greatest this, situation as a Buccaneers fan. We had it for one season. And, no, but, no, no, but hang on. This is the greatest thing. You have the Tom Brady. If you're going to have Tom Brady for one season, mm, that's the it was season. Like, it was that like was Kawhi the, Leonard playing for the Raptors. It was, it was he just showed yeah, up and won everything. But was, like I'm a Sixers it, fan, terrible. I uh, I'm a Canucks fan. Got to the finals back to back years, lost, so lost. That was like dominated, but like can never quite win. I have I'm 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 a close to I'm a close to greatness guy. I'm not an achieved greatness guy. I'm working on it. We'll get there. You'll get there. The Canucks will get there one day. I just hope the Leafs lose. I don't care. I, I'm sorry. I fucking hate the Toronto Maple Leafs fandom so much. And I want a Canadian Stanley Cup win so badly. I don't care. I hate them. I hope they lose. I fucking hope they lose. And I hope that Austin Matthews falls into a ditch and breaks his, his ankle and people cry. Wow. Yeah. Who hurt know. you? Nothing. I just I find their error. I find the I hate the argument in Toronto, which you put up. I've been putting up with my entire life because my entire family are Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Mm. Um, we're a dynasty. It's like you're not a dynasty team. You have not been in the playoffs for nineteen. You haven't been this far yeah. in the playoffs in nineteen years. Not a dynasty. Yeah, you're just an old team. Yeah, <laughs> you're just. If anything, you're just. You've had a tradition of showing how truly bad you can be at this game. Yeah, I think like the Red Wings were a dynasty when we were kids, and uh, the the Blackhawks were a dynasty, and now maybe I don't know who's a dynasty now. Maybe the Bruins, maybe the Lightning, um, maybe, the Lightning? maybe no one, maybe no that, one. Which I don't think is talked about enough. Logos that rock the ta- Tampa Bay uh, jersey logo in the '90s. One of the most unnecessarily awesome logos in the history of sports. With that lightning strike, let's bring yes, it up. Bring, it, bring up. it up. You on that? Go get it. Oh, I'm on. I'm on. That's yeah. Uh, there were some great. I mean, I've been looking at like I've been looking at all the things that I can't afford to buy. Like, I really want to. I really want a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. I want a Mike Bibby Vancouver's Grizzlies jersey. Come on, you gotta get a Brian Thompson um, Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. A who? A what? You're gonna get a Grand Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. You should do a um a big player with a guy named Big Country Bryant. Oh, Thompson. Bryant Bryant Reeves. Big Country Bryant, Bryant Reeves. Reeves. I met big him. Country. Big dumb guy. Wow. Oh, first, I think oh, I talked about this on here before. First, I, I went to his basketball camp. I used to play basketball as a youth. And um uh, oh. I met him, and he was the first adult that I met. I was like eleven, and he was the first adult I ever met where I was like, You're dumb. Yeah. Do you remember the first adult where you were like, "Oh, this person's like stupid"? I would have been because like that four. was Big Country Reeves. It was something I was aware of very quickly and early on. I don't know if like my parents just had like pretty smart friends, or I just wasn't paying attention. But he was the first one where I was like, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot." Oh yeah, there was some. Du- I there's some like I don't want to be rude, but there's some dummies in my family. You know what I mean? Not directly. <laughs> Not direct, not first cousins, not hmm. second cousins. But if I say anything more, it's going to be hurtful. Grandparents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just think also Ottawa, because of the Ottawa, especially when I grew up there, you did not need to be intelligent to have a pretty middle class life because hmm. of the Canadian government. Like they just, the amount of people I know. That only recently got downsized under Harper. That literally were working in a department where your job was to monitor the computers that uh, monitor monitored another. This the Tampa Bay logo here, the closest one right there. Yeah, top left. Oh yeah, look at that map. Yeah, that's good stuff. Certainly is. Yeah, no, I've, I've had that. I've had that working at the bank, that bar at the bank. I've been like, man, some of these people are fucking stupid. And I had oh, I had a realization when I was there that I I've known a number of very smart people. I've been blessed to know a, a great number of very smart people, and none of them ended up in banking. No, none of them, not even one. Some of the and smart that, people I know are the least successful. I. Yeah, I and like, but I have friends who are like lawyers and yeah. doctors and all this business, and not a single one of them even tried to get into finance. And I realized that finance is very much a like B 
B minus industry, B minus C plus industry. You know some people that got out of it because I know some comedians that that you also know that were bankers, and I bet they're not that smart. No, this this person is incredibly smart. This one, you're oh, like, put it in Whoa. the chat. Put it in, put it in the private chat. Let me uh, let me let me see that. Let's see this reaction. Because I, I mean, there's there's one minutes. There's got to be a few, but I just realized that like I never of all the people that I grew I don't up know with, if you actually know this. There wasn't this, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a secret. I think we can say their name, right? I don't know if that is a secret. I don't think it is. They came into comedy like late. They obviously had a career, and they're great. I don't think anyone would think less of them. Like whatever. I'll leave it up to you. I'll leave it up to you. No, not do it. I don't want to get in trouble. Nah, but they're great, and you love them. Uh, You've heard of them, and you love them. Uh, and I, lo- I love them. I think they're fucking hilarious and very wonderful person and very smart. Um, yeah, literally the only example of a good banker and doesn't bank. Yeah, That's it's been oh, old. So here's here's the thing. They they didn't make me sign an NDA at the bank, so I get to talk about everything. Um, yeah. I've been uh, they've been, they've had like a few um, like dinners lately, uh, which are. Talking to like shareholders and yeah. um, paper bank, and they're bringing in a lot of like guest speakers and stuff. And I get to just stand there because I'm at the bar and listen to all this stuff. And can we just they are secretly the worst double agent for the revolution that they've put in that bank because you are <laughs> one of the few people that will work there and slowly just put like you'll do something that it's just like you see that guy right there. I froze one of my piss, some of my piss in an ice cube tray, and I put one piss ice cube in his drink every time he came in the bar. <laughs> like, yeah, that's good it's, stuff. The the only one that's seen through me is the CEO. He doesn't like me. Everyone else thinks I'm fine, but the CEO took one look at me and went, not that guy, and I'm like, you get it. <laughs> yeah, he understands what side you're on. Yeah, he, that guy's like, I don't like that guy. You know and it's, he it's, likes it's, everyone. He's famously nice. When I first showed up, they're like, you're going to love the CEO. He's such a nice guy. And we met once, and he's like, no. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, guy, mm-hmm. that guy likes banking, and that guy knows who you are. And let me mm-hmm. say, there is nothing about you that says, I respect the people that are behind finance. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but I got to say, like one of the things that, that surprised me, and I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out, is they... All of the talks were about increasing diversity and helping out people, like helping get money like throughout the economy and not just grab, grab, grab and how fucked things are the way they are right now and how we need to like undo some of this. And I was like, this, that's how bad we've gotten. But also that's how far public uh, ideas have changed yeah. because this is these are their private things, but it's also their customers. And so they know what their customers want to hear. And so the fact that they're talking about all those things is like really good because it means that these ideas have gotten so deep in that like we have banking executives from multiple banks on a panel all talking about how important diversity is. And but also like insidious that they're just like, oh, we found a way to make money off this. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I mean, this is the thing that people never liked about my optimism, but I this is how I feel about climate change, is when humanity figures out a way to make money off of it, mm. we're good. We're good. We're good. Banking has figured some angle, and it's that thing mm. of, if ca- capitalism came a lot closer to collapsing than anyone really wants to acknowledge, mm. and all of those industries were like, oh, if that goes... And then like there's yeah. like, this is all just built on sand. So there that is the thing of like, oh, we do need to put back a middle class. Also, globalization is ending. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have demographic collapse in a bunch of places. The great vaulted brick countries have turned out to just be like India and yeah. sort of Brazil, but it's India. Like yeah. China, like China, China was never gonna change. China just became more of a dictatorship. And also is failing in a bunch of different ways. In theory, lost a million people in December. Mm. to covid which is like holy shit i like let's not get into politics but like that's a non-vaccinated population that got ripped through with omicron and they lost a million people i'm not saying anything and i don't know if that's true that could be propaganda 
So to your um, to your point about capitalism catching up, though, I was reading a, a a thing the other day in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, about here how, we go. He, um, tell me more about Rupert Murdoch's al- asshole, you neocon, neocon. Uh, the cost of making electric vehicles has fallen so sharply that um, everyone's getting into the game now, and oh, yeah. most of the most of the dynastic automakers aren't even fucking around with gas gas power cars anymore. I mean, there's some laws to dissuade them anyway, but the money's finally come down enough that they're like, fuck this, we're out. And so everyone's pushing towards that. And I mean, it's definitely going to mean more child slaves uh, making mining coltan and all the other microchip things we need. But um, environmentally, it's good. Well, the one issue we have is, yes, it's good in terms of we've changed... Um, our thought process in capitalism is adjusting. The issue is the batteries in those electric cars right now. We need to come mm-hmm. up with better disposal because they are a fucking yeah. environmental nightmare. The other thing yeah. is, is that they're not long enough yet. This, I would have, my, I have a truck. I would have gotten an electric truck. I would have waited. I was gonna, I would have just bought a beater car for a year mm. or something like that. Instead, I got this truck because it's one of those things where it's like, I need, even with great distances, and all that sort of stuff, it's sort of fine on the highway. And it's very good on the highway, sort of fine in the city is what I meant to say. With an electric car, it's not feasible. And I would I would have I would love to have gone for an electric car, but it's just not mm. possible. But I think that now that all the companies are working on it, like actively, they're not just doing lip service and releasing one ugly car every year. Uh, you're gonna see again, innovation will shoot through the roof very quick because now all the minds are pointed at it. You fucking hope so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, microchips are the other worry, but you know, save Taiwan. But actually, not that big because the thing is, if China turns out to be collapsing, Taiwan's fine. Also, let's yeah, keep, well, let's yeah unless they just bomb it, because that's what collapsing people do is lash out. Sure. You know, look at Russia. A hundred percent. But the difference is, again, I think China is a bit more aware that if they had the sanctions that have been levied on Russia that were levied on China. They have a like Russia is Russia still has a more robust UK economy than the UK. That's which so led, funny. Ladies, That's ladies so funny. You are looking at a man who went to theater school and a flair bartender and a mixologist. Our, Thank you very much. Thousand apologies. Um, I'm a nerd. I'm not a f- cool juggler. Not yet. Um, <laughs> we both were the only people in our friend group. I know that both of us were mocked for our like. Well, Brexit's fucked it, and I'll be going now, which was mm. my very much my attitude, and sort of Chris's attitude. But at the time, no, it's absolutely my attitude. I also studied economics at the best university in Canada. Like, I kind of knew what I was talking about. You did not go to Concordia. Concordia. Is the <laughs> <best university. laughs> Concordia. How many sociologists do you need? Because they create so many <laughs> sociologists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, England is fucked. Did were you on when I was talking about how they were comparing American deaths to Blackpool deaths? No. They were saying that the average life expectancy in America is lower than Blackpool. And it was both a dunk on America and Blackpool. Because the imagine the I'm middle-aged in America right now. I'm 37. Life expectancy in America is 74. Part of apparently what's dragging the life expectancy down, and this is a nightmare, is school shootings is like actively impacting. And you're like, I want to be dead. Yeah, leading cause of death among kids in America, other oh. kids with guns. God damn it! You're what you. Thank you very much, Wayne Lampierre. Oh, he didn't act alone. I mean, he was such a drug. Like I, like that story. The more you read about the NRA, the more you're like, wait a minute, like. Is it just them? Like, never. For, this is one of the best examples, and this is this makes me want to scream into the ocean. The OK Corral, the great and famous gun battle, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the the gunfight at the OK Corral over? Slaves. Gun control. Oh really? Oh, was you're that not, because they couldn't carry their guns inside city limits? You know, that's Tombstone. To you're not allowed to carry your guns inside Tombstone. That's have, Tombstone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's they got guns. guns. I gotta. <laughs> it's one of the main points against the Second Amendment is that it was just rewritten because the NRA became a lobbying group. Because at that point, it was like, yeah, you can have a gun. You don't get to have it in this town. Mm. Well, why? 
because you keep shooting people. So we've made a rule that means we got to have people in the town not getting shot. So yeah. now no, no guns in the town. Yeah, fun. Fun's over. It's want? a misdemeanor, Virgil. <laughs> Goddamn, what a great scene. Um, uh, when Doc shoots up in the sky to scare the horse and then shoots the guy in the chest? Come on. Very it doesn't make any sense because guns were going off everywhere, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, Tombstone, you can't think too much about it because there's a couple of scenes where you're like, what's the whole first half an hour of this movie? Shut the fuck up. That's what, that, that's what it's about. Oh, the scene where he's in the river just shouting no? That's very silly. It's very silly. But I oh, love it. It scary. gets you me every time. It gives me the chills. Uh, for the... The first 45 minutes of that entire movie is so just sort of like, so hope, you, hope you like the West because this has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. And you're like, what it's do you so mean? Like, I mean, nothing. And you're like, okay. Fucking Sheriff Behan. He yeah. ain't no law. Why is this even here? You shut the fuck up. That's why it's here. That, shut up. I, um, I, I, uh, so I, I, in the naming of my tracks, um, I decided to give them actual names. Um, like I was, like I was naming people. So, uh, so they're all just people's names. <laughs> I want to point out, I listened to this album a year and a month ago. Yep. What took so long? I'm having more weed tincture. Damn it. Oh, this is a real, um, three oh, weeks. just, uh, just, you know, just unable to, you know, I recorded it two weeks after my divorce and then I moved and then, uh, oh and then God. I had to take care of my father. And uh, I just wasn't in a good place for a very long time. And so uh, my record label was very patient. I was just about to start working on it. I was starting to feel good. And then, um, and then there was the whole thing with my dad. And I sent the record label an email. And they said, that's cool, man. It's just a comedy album. Take your time. So uh, when I got back to Toronto, I was like, I can mentally face doing this now. So now it's happening. So it was a thanks, ma'am. It's good. I'm glad to. I'm glad to finally uh, get it done. And it's. It's. I'm glad I waited because, like, it's. It's more fun now. Like my album cover picture is so stupid, and it's very fun. And uh, the, it's all. Yeah, it's all just good. I like the edits. But um. But yeah. So one of them is you know the joke about horses, the horse sex right. fetish joke. Great joke. So fun. Uh, I named that uh, Josephine after the woman in Tombstone. Oh, you fucking prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to look up what happens if I have a third milligram of luchador weed tincture. I feel like it's not good, John. I mean, that's, or it's great. It's, that's why I'm going to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I, why don't we go into things eyes open? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, three... Oh, so while you're looking at that, I'll tell you a brief anecdote about the NRA. So, um, uh, Sarah Churchwell, who uh, wrote an incredible book called Behold America, a history of the America First movement and the American dream, uh, which is a terrifying book about white supremacy and its deep, 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 deep roots in American culture. I would like to read um, that. And that's, I, uh, it's amazing. Sadaf was the lead um, uh, researcher on it. And so I got uh, all the terrible facts firsthand when I was trying to go to bed. Um, oh, yeah. It was uh, one of the most fascinating nightmares. Uh, but so Sarah's, uh, Sarah's brilliant. And if you can read any of her things or watch any of her speeches or if she's coming to town, go see her. She's cool as hell and she's a fucking genius. Um, uh, she, her grandfather was one of the like main original or like early days NRA guys. He was a major figure in it. Come on. And so they still, they still kind of champion him semi-regularly. And the family has had to say, stop doing that because before he died, he handed in his card and left because he was so disgusted with what the NRA had become. Well, yeah. Cause there's a giant takeover in the middle of the seventies with the leadership and who like took over and stuff. like, it's insane what happened. Yeah, so his his was just like guns, King of England, and which is what they still say it's about. But then obviously it became like black neighbors, yeah, murder, uh, and so uh, or more explicitly anyway. And the way they run it, and he just went like fuck this, and he bounced. So they had to like, I think, 
and this I might just be imagining this part, but I think they actually went to court to be like, you cannot use his fucking likeness in any of your shit anymore. He hates you, and he's dead, so he can't take it back. Fuck you. Wild. Yeah, but uh, Behold America is a fucking incredible book, and if you're interested in where all the people that we're seeing right now came from in terms of American culture, uh, that's the book. She's very, very few people do better research than Sarah Churchwell or Sadaf. Sadaf is an unbelievable researcher. No one is following Stephen Crowder's divorce more than me, Chris. I'm going to have you know that right now. (laughs) If you're not aware of what I'm talking about, then you don't know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Stephen Crowder is a right-wing YouTuber who sucks. And lo and behold, it turns out he was a piece of shit to be married to and has been secretly divorced since 2021. Oh, my God. Oh, he's a garbage man. He's a garbage, garbage man who does garbage things. So garbage we'll find out about the picture. Uh, I have found out that it's been discussed a lot on Reddit, but I'm just trying to find the effect. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been discussed a lot. I mean, that's not normally a good sign when you're thinking about doing something. It has a peak to the interest of a lot of Redditors. I know, but sometimes I find, listen, people, Reddit gets a bad, Reddit gets the attitude of 4chan, but like Reddit's actually sometimes very useful for information. It's a good crowdsourcing place to get. I, re- I really like Reddit be- for the way that I use it. It's I very know. useful. I've learned yeah. a lot of things from Reddit and it's fixed a lot of things for me, especially computer problems. Oh my no God. One's, no one's done me more favors than Reddit in that. And for the most hilarious basketball takes I've ever come across in my life. But I have found that when there's something that really gets into Reddit's, it gives them a little bug in their brain. It's not normally a good thing. See, well, here's the thing. What I like using Reddit for is putting specific questions into Google plus the word Reddit, which Reddit is literally trying to avoid because they don't get, they don't like people bypassing their main page. But I want the thread where it's already discussed. I want like a two-year-ago archived thread so I can go through the whole wave. The everyone's angry wave, the actually wave, couple of links. That's what I I want the full discussion for my Mm -hmm. perusal. And then I I I inter- hum, and then I come up with an answer. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, yeah. They I digest the information. I and just it, skip I just skip the rage for the same reason I don't get into arguments in bars. I don't oh, I disagree. Don't You're care. using the bar wrong. Don't that's care. what that's exactly it. You're having fun. You're just having a fun debate. Uh but they're not having fun. I love a fun debate, but they're not having fun. Yeah, There's no fun to it. They're having Grumpy's was a great place for a fun barroom debate. Like he could really get into, get into which is a better tragically hip album. Oh, the with George for me with George. Yeah. Or the um, oh my god, what was that guy? The drunk French guy's name. Vincent. Oh, Vincent. He's not around anymore. No one knows what happened to him. Vincent's just gone. Oh no. Yeah. Oh my god, what was it like being back in Grumpy's? Any more gossip? Uh, no, everyone's kind of like, fine. Yeah, it's really weird. Of... Everyone's just doing well. Um, except for Vincent, who's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, George, is, gonna... George is angry, but George was always angry. Ram is in a better mood than I've ever seen him in my life. He's a different man. What, He's patient. Um... He's patient. I mean, I think he like. I think he likes his relationship, and he has a nice apartment. Yeah. In the end, that he, is, basically... he, he loves, and he's in love, and he's loved, and it shows. Yeah. He's different. He's... Sasha, Sasha, and I got drunk and told him how different he is, and he refused to believe it. And uh, we were like, none of this shit would have flown. None of it. He was polite to someone, just polite. They did a bad set. He was encouraging. He's weird. I don't like that. What's well, also the thing of he's the he's operated the second longest comedy venue in Montreal at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm not listen. I'm not to not to piss on some uh, people while they're down. I'm not saying that Montreal has the best comedy scene. It has produced some greats. You're looking at two of them. Yep. Also yep. produced crap. Holy lord. Ooh, there are a couple that are on 800 pound gorilla that made me think that I don't want to be signed to them. I mean, oh, wait, that are Montreal comedians? Yeah. Put that in the private chat. I want someone, <laughs> someone was sending around someone special from 800 Pound Gorilla. 
and there was some rude comments. Let me just say that. No. Oh, which one is that? I'm not going to say out loud, sir. How are we supposed to bother our listeners? <laughs> I'm just waiting. My computer's being slow. Oh, no. Also, let me, I want you all, everyone, also, I can't believe we're somehow at 50 minutes. Let me tell you what the weed tincture does. It makes time fly by. I'm ready to go longer, by the way. Uh, I'm going to write something in the private chat. Oh, you got chunky. You got chunky. Start again. I'm going to write something in response to what you've written there, and I want you to all watch Chris's face. Okay. That special that you wrote doesn't surprise me that much, but it's also too bad because I do actually like him. Great guy. Really nice. Always had a nice time with him. But also, yeah, are people, is it just more of the same? Is that the problem? That's right. And it also, yeah. there's no logic to it. Really? Ooh, now I kind of have to watch it. That's interesting. Waiting for a message to come up on my slow ass computer. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Of course. Of course. I had no, someone pointed that out and it blew my mind. I don't know what else is yeah, blowing everyone's mind. Yeah. Yeah, from the first moment I met him. Wild stuff. He's this guy. Um, uh, I'll say, I mean, the, our audience has never heard of him, uh, but I won't say his name just out of manners. Of but, course. Um, a black, black comedian. Um, and he is the only black comedian aside from uh, Brian Shimumbo in London, who is one of the worst comedians I've ever oh seen in my, my life. Oh, my God. Lives at the airport. Who I saw... Um, a black audience be actively disappointed in really go like shake their heads like buddy you're doing us dirty up there it was very satisfying to see because that had always been my theory with this guy and then uh when i saw it happen i was like ah oh, yeah good gotta read on that one Rumor about Brian Chimumbo was always it was son of the an African dictator's wife. So his uh, the African dictator was his mom's second husband, is what I heard. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but no one knew if he still had the money or not. He was just such a wild person. To this day, one of the two people in London I would watch every any documentary made about them, him and uh, Monkey Barrel, not Monkey Barrel, uh, Monkey Business. Oh Martin my God, Besserman. Besserman. Yeah, I would watch. I would absolutely watch a documentary about either of them. They're two of the strangest people I've ever met in my goddamn life. I want to know how they happened. Give me the whole story. I want to see a day in their life. I want to know every fucking detail. Why are you like this? Why are you? I like love this? comedy club owners in particular. I would watch any document. There's an episode of the Doug Stanhope podcast. I recommend to everyone who listens to this program, you this tiny wonderful community. It is we love the you. Dorf, Dorfman Brothers episode of the Doug Stanhope podcast. I think it's number four. And okay. it's just them talking about Wild Road stand-up, but from the owner's perspective. And that the, those two guys are the best version of a comedy club owner, and they're not that great. Like, they're fine. <laughs> but there's something about a comedy club owner. There's always You're always like, ah, there it is. I knew it. I yeah. knew we would find it. Yeah, yeah. They're not normal people. Why are you wanting to spend time with us? Oh, you, it's always, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm in a real power to the worker place in my life. And so I'm always just like, yeah, take another fucking piece of our flesh, you fucks. Monsters. Fucking, we support the WGA strike. Get them. Yeah. Take it all. Fucking, yeah. I mean, that it is laughable how fucking evil the fucking studios are being on that front. Like, like it's holy fucking shit. crazy. A quick bullet point for anyone that hasn't been following it. Um, they're not paying people uh, for streaming because it's not tv so all these people that are writing all these shows aren't getting all the things that they would have gotten had it been a tv show there's a lot more to it but that alone is so deeply fucked but it's the same reason why we're not getting the thing is like it's the whole lawsuit with um sound exchange and stuff like that over uh publishing royalties for mm. comedy we're gonna get yeah. it all of it is the thing with all of these companies and this is why america is a nightmare is America always sets it right at like the wrong time in the worst way and it never holds. That's the American yeah. story. There, we fixed it. We're well, gonna have to monitor this. I said we fixed it. Like, 
<laughs> like it's like you know you did the first step and yeah yeah we'll get it strike, it'll take time the problem is, is i think what's interesting about this writer strike is there's a lot of leverage that they have for the first time mainly the big talk shows are like they're going dark and it doesn't look like they're coming back mm-hmm. i have to tell you the chaos that it's created in show business especially in la it accidentally has made me feel like a genius for just going on the road all the time because like alley rooms are full again because no but what it is is i'm like uh yes they are but it's more like everything is chaos yeah well like i just accidentally did the like my thing has always been nuts but now i just did i just lived in i you all are living in the tornado that i've been living in for like 10 years and i'm like yeah it's pretty nuts right okay yeah (laughs) oh well how do you like how do you plan for the future no no you don't do that. Yo, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, there must be like all of the writers. I mean, at least all the ones that are stand-ups must suddenly be doing spots again and must suddenly be looking for shows. And so the people yeah, I mean, emailing for spots must be fucking through the roof. 100%. So it's like if you're if you're working the road, it's perfect because those guys aren't working the road. Yeah, but even in writers' rooms for fucking years. But here's the other thing that's the best is because LA has gone through three rounds of changes. Mm. They don't know any of the bookers. Oh, of course, but they've got pretty good credits, though. They'll be able to be like, "Listen, I write. I'm on strike. I write for fucking Kimmel. I write for Succession." But that doesn't mean anything. The time was the reason why they wanted you to have those credits is because the credits help bring people in the show. Hmm. All people care about now is how many followers you have, because that's what's perceived to be bringing people into the show. But it's none of it's real. It's all a magic talisman. It's all. Oh yeah. It's all it's guessing all... what people want, and none exactly. of us know what people want, or else we wouldn't be in this industry. It's like literally, like if you got three people who became famous stand-up comedians because they were all wearing taupe blazers. The amount <laughs> of fucking comedians I'd have to see wearing a taupe blazer because there would be two fucking years where it's like, you want to know what they're looking for? Taupe blazers. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is depressingly how, accurate. How many people do we know that wore suits up until about two thousand and fourteen because of Michael McIntyre? A fair amount. The only one that stuck it out is uh, Sean McLaughlin, and he started after that, and it suits him. So I'm glad he did it. As oh, and Pierre. I. Pierre wears a suit. Pierre's a different type of suit, though. It's yeah, like Pierre's got a, a fancy jacket. velvet one. What Pierre looks like? He looks like the shithead friend in a fraternity movie. That's what he dresses like. It's not the main guy, but he's like the second guy who has a cigar who's like, that's right, Drake. <laughs> I think he looks like a genie that comes out of a lamp that you find on the old Vegas strip. Yeah, and he makes that sound and he comes out and he goes, what the fuck do you want? And I-, oh, <laughs> um, I mean, I think to end this week's broadcast, I'm going to do a third. I also want to say, I don't know if this is one or 1,000 milligrams, that, that's not clear. Okay, so the net weight is 1.9 ounces. So you can't do one full ounce in one thing unless I chugged it, and that would be a terrible idea. Okay. I don't know how many grams go into an ounce. Well, we're going to figure that out. I think one. I think 1,000 milligrams is because one Because that's fucking, that's imperial and metric. They don't even, oh, God, no, it's not. 1,000 milligrams is a gram. All right. So what this says is one serving is one milligram. And in that, I was 17%. Oh, I can definitely do a third one. This is fine. Okay, good. Stand down. (laughs) I'm in the mood for weed tincture. Oh, that's really nice. One ounce is 28 grams. Can you Google uh, over there? What happens if you do three milligrams of weed tincture? What should you expect? Oh, you'll be fine. That's that's so little of that bottle. Gee, uh, weed tincture. I really hope it's a weird side effect. You shit. Oh, it says uh, it says your dick grows by two inches. Yo, yo, 
Let's call this a day. You enjoy your third tink chore. And um, you all enjoy your week. We'll see you. I I should see you on Sunday. Yeah, we're doing this the week while I'll be on the cruise and I should be back. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy gonna... enjoy the. Uh, this is why we pre record people so that we can give you episodes even when John is a C. Ahoy, you know? And when I'm sick and when Ashley is saving lion cubs or whatever lie we told last episode. This is what Ashley's uh, up to. Here, let me show you what Ashley's up to. Old French. It's not even words that French people use anymore. It's all Quebec French. What was that? Did everyone see that? Like <laughs> old French. It's not even words that French people use anymore. It's all Quebec. Perfect. I'm we love you. Penis into her vagina. That's all. I said we talked over the old lady. And I want to say thank you to everyone for watching. You can join our Patreon if you care. If not, then make friends with your friends. Don't deliver on a lot of promises. We, are, we love you. Some people just like our videos. Just like the maybe comment. So just give us a like. That's right. Like it. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be doing a live show soon. Maybe you're wondering if a mistake could be made when having sexual intercourse. That can't happen. Fucking hell, bitch. Thank you.